Hello, everyone, and welcome back to the live reality games coverage of Surviving Bloomington, Season 6, Order vs. Chaos. Today, we'll be talking about Episode 7. Uh, my name is Drew. I'm on the season, joined by my co-host, as always, Stephen. Hi, Stephen. Hey, Drew. The biggest tragedy of, of not making it to this episode is I don't get to see an anime version of me or animated version of me. I, I feel so forlorn and such a great loss at this because I'm so jealous of the other 10 players. Well, Steven, all you had to do was just not be voted out. I mean, yeah, small things like that, right? But there's no better person to join us today to unpack what, what, a, what a momentous episode this is this season than the current reigning champ of Surviving Bloomington, Season 4 and Season 5 alum, Jordan. Jordan, how are you doing? I'm doing great. Excited to chat with you guys about this episode. Yeah, we're so excited that you're here uh, to kind of dive into your experience with Bloomington, but also your thoughts on the season so far. Um, Jordan, tell us about your history with Surviving Bloomington. Um, I was actually introduced to Surviving Bloomington from Mia. I don't know if you guys remember Mia from season four and five. You can't forget um, her. Yeah, we worked together previously. Um, and she was like, You like Survivor, right? Like, you should play this game that I'm playing. Um, yeah, so I played season four, came back for All Stars, um, season five, and now um, helping like with board stuff and with crew. So love being part of that community. And we were talking a little bit before, but like season four is not filmed, right? And so we all, all we have is kind of the lore from talking to players as well as seeing what Casey wrote on the website. But season five, we did get episodes coming out. What was that experience like rewatching it from YouTube versus actually having lived through it? Um, it was so, so interesting. Um, I think interesting to see like the way that the stories were framed, um, like you have this perception in your head of like how things went down, but then to see like um, what other people were actually talking about, like when you weren't present for those conversations, um, being able to kind of like perceive yourself. And I'm like, wow, like, does my face always look like that? Um, yeah. Do I always sound like that kind of like uh, rude? Like, you know, so yeah, like, same. I, yep. I yeah. feel that all these different perceptions of yourself that, you know, you're not acutely aware of which is so interesting to watch back um you know and even that itself even the film itself is another um someone else's story right like mm -hmm. they not everything is there so um yeah it's it was very interesting i'm really grateful to have had that opportunity so about how, almost half the cast this season are like Bloomington, are Bloomington natives were there any players you were new of or were familiar with coming into this game Yes. So I really think that out of this season, I only knew two people and that was Seth, um, who had helped with production previously and Kim. Um, I think I convinced Kim to play this past summer. Really? So, really? Yeah. Kim was my intern, um, at my work previously. Um, and Kim is really involved with, you know, a lot of local nonprofits doing a lot of great work, as I'm sure you can tell from this past episode. Um, and now she is on the board of the nonprofit that I work for here in Bloomington. So love Kim, um, close, close with Kim and Seth. And I think everyone else, I mean, Stephen, we had talked before, mm -hmm. but as far as like knowing people, like have met people in person, I think those are the only two. Did you have any expectations or predictions for Seth or Kim uh, when you found out that they would be on the season? 
Um, I know that I, I knew going into it that they were both very smart, very strategic. Um, I knew that when like push came to shove and it came to like having to vote people off that it would probably be a little difficult for both of them because they're both so empathetic and they really like truly love and care for people. So I knew that would be kind of hard. Um, and especially like Kim just has like the most like energetic, like bubbly personality. I knew yeah. that people would absolutely love her. Um, so I think all of my expectations, like, were kind of proved throughout like the footage like they're just very loving people they're very kind um and they're very smart so. yeah i think um i mean we're down now we started with a cast of 18 we're down to nine people now and of the nine eliminated players seth and kim are very clearly the two that struggled with that voting aspect the most so mm -hmm. hearing you say that you that's what you expected i mean that's that's what we've gotten uh, yeah. from the two of them i'd like yeah. to hear a little bit more about the persuasion of kim to apply for this because I, I i tell people you should apply these apply these games people's like no and so was it you just mentioned she's like yeah i'm on board you have to like kind of work a bit the persuader like no no you really want to do this well i think there's like this like crossover right of people that like kind of like like board games and then like survivor there's like this like the three circles and it's like pokemon board games and survivor right <laughs> i remember talking to kim and she was saying that she was like going to go play a board game with her husband or something and i was like you like board games like do you like survivor too um and they kind of just like led that way and kim is like really not an outdoorsy person um so i'm not she could have fooled me the speed at which she started that fire on the first day in our camp i was like okay so kim so leading up to the summer, when Kim found out that she would be playing, I'm not joking you, like every week, Kim would send me a picture of like being in her backyard, building a fire and practicing. And it paid um, off. Yeah. So. And she would also send pictures of saying like, I'm just like trying to find cute outfits to wear and like just <laughs> being typically hilarious, like as always, like just great content. Um, so yeah, I don't know like what the deciding factor would be because I... I don't think I'm like super pushy when I try to get people to play these games because they are like really emotional, right? Like yeah. if you don't know what you're getting into, like they can be pretty intense. Um, but she decided to to go for it, which I think she did great. I'm super proud of her. Um, I knew like making a fire was really important. So it was awesome. Like in that first episode to see that it was cool. Yeah, I'm glad we got shown a couple of clips. I remember it was shown like quickly in episode three. Um, between episodes two and three, our flint broke. So, like, the actual flint came off of the magnesium. So, it was just that thin strip. And Kim managed to start fire with the machete and just that thin strip throwing sparks everywhere. It was fantastic. Mm -hmm. good, for, uh, good for her. Good for Kim. And then yep. Seth. Uh, we, like, touched on this. Steven and I did in episode one. But Seth's little, like, fanny pack that he brought... <laughs> He had everything in there. He had a spoon. He had a can of tuna in there. Every time we needed something at camp, Seth had it. So both of yep. them came in very prepared. That's and exactly he's... how Seth shows up in life as well. If you ever need anything, Seth's like, oh, I got that. I'm here for you. I have it. Like, that's how they play the game is exactly how they show up in life. Yeah, that round that we voted out Seth, um, we were concerned that he had found something and was um, got onto us, you know, turning the vote against him because he had this like medallion in his pocket that we could clearly see the outline, like kind of similar to what happened with Jamie. And eventually like one of us goes over and talks to Seth and he pulls out a can opener and a can of tuna. And we're like, Oh, 
Okay. <laughs> Not an immunity idol. No, it's just a can of meat. <laughs> Jordan, so on your season, you played what I call like a really clever middle game, right? Because you had allies on both sides. You had Adam on one side, you had Megan Spark in the other, and you and you were able to kind of get to the end of the people you wanted. At this point, who do you feel like is playing a game that you can say is maybe similar reminiscent of the way you played? Hmm. Um trying to think who's kind of been like tossed around a lot um so we have was it rachel not on like the most recent episode but rachel was kind of uh caught like the the bad end of a swap right yeah so so she she and melly swapped yellow along with john uh little matt and me and so she and then we vote melly out and then she's able to work with john to vote me out after so she's able to get out of what should have been a, she was dead the rights in a lot of ways. Yeah. And I think that something very similar happened to me on all stars. And, um, I had like the, um, um, what is it called? The mutiny advantage that I could have switched back and like been with the majority of my players, but I decided to not do that because I thought if I can make it through like, this first couple of rounds then i already know everyone else like on the other tribe and then i'll have these connections with like these new people so if i can make it to the merge then i should be like in this nice middle ground um and i think that may that may be like playing out between a few folks right where you're like this like uh first swap part is like a little uncomfortable but if you can navigate through that then you just have like such a broader network Yeah, and that, that's uh, the the dynamics of that first swap are super interesting going into the second swap that we see. Um, to jump into this episode, we start off with a second tribe swap. And I remember when we were there in the moment, we go in, you know, we're in three tribes, a tribe of three, a tribe of three, and a tribe of four. And all of us are fully expecting, okay, we're at final 10. We're going to merge here. Casey tells us to drop our buffs in the real time. We're all like, (laughs) and then he's like, we're doing a tribe swap. So prepare to draw rocks. And we were all like, oh, Casey, you're so funny. And then he brings out the bag and we're like, oh, he's serious. Like, I remember specifically John being like, you're joking. Like, this is not serious. And we expected when we drew those rocks for them to all be the same color and it to just be like a joke. And then we open our hands and we have red and blue rocks and all of us were like, we cannot go through this. Like we, we cannot, like we had just gone through back to back swap followed immediately by triple tribal followed by double tribal and going straight into another swap is rough so let's talk about these swap tribes a little bit so it was actually really funny um i know on the last podcast i had mentioned that i expected kind of danny to potentially have the episode title because we see these rocks and it's the five guys on one tribe and the other tribe is the four women and danny and when we initially got into these tribes and looked over danny was like oh it's mask versus femme like those are the (laughs) tribes and uh so that was really funny um, Steven, what are your thoughts as, as someone who's played with this cast? What are your thoughts on this tribal breakdown? I think it's something we're talking about is I, there are going to be ugly tribal councils no matter what, right? Because if you look at the new blue tribe, you have John and both Matts from Original Order. You have you and Tyler from Original Red, but it's not like that, right? Because uh, John has blindsided Little Matt. 
Uh, John, John has a connection with Tyler, right? There, there's a lot of ways it's muddy and it's not clear how things will go. And then you look at the new blue, new red, the new red tribe. It's McKenzie and four original chaos, but McKenzie is really close with Kim at this point. And McKenzie, we know, is a great social player. And the question is, like, you know, are they just going to gang up and vote McKenzie, or is there more that's going to come come to play here? I don't know. Yeah, and I definitely want to talk about um, some things that may or may not have happened that were not shown in this episode. Um, Jordan, what were your thoughts on this these tribes? On the new tribes, is that what yeah. you said? Um, so because there have been so many like swaps and toss-ups, I haven't been able to like make the chart of like who was originally with who. Um, but just on the surface level, it is really funny that there is like the fems versus masks. I think that that's interesting. Um, yeah, and I I think that any time you had those dynamics of like one person not being like with this original majority, like interesting things can happen. It can either be like a really easy like okay they're out, um, or it can be an opportunity to kind of flip the script and make you know new alliances. So yeah, so um, a thing that was not necessarily shown i don't think was we had the tribe swap we had the challenge which we'll talk about in a second then we have an overnight and that tribal council was the following morning Mm -hmm. so uh let's talk about this challenge and then we'll kind of dive into what happened on these tribes uh overnight into the next morning can we talk a little bit first about you know the editing style and and yeah because i think one thing that's not as apparent, um, but the reason why Casey spent, I asked him how long it took, like over, he's like maybe 100 hours yeah, to months. create, create like an animated version of this episode is that with all live games, sometimes footage goes missing and just footage was lost from this round. And instead of just giving us a travel council no context, Casey recreated the swap and this, this whole immunity challenge for us. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he has a brilliant mind. Um, when I was able to access it, I was like, this is just phenomenal. I was texting him throughout it. Um, and I think that that was something that he was interested in doing, like, eventually anyway. Um, mm-hmm. And the, the timing just worked out well. But um, I thought it was super entertaining. And I'm just, I'm always surprised at, like, how creative and, like, phenomenal Casey's brain is. Yes, I was when we first found out that this episode was going to be like this because of lost footage, Casey reached out to those of us who were still in the game and asked us to send in videos of us like redoing the challenge basically so he could get angles and such. And I wasn't sure what to expect from this, but I was absolutely blown away with the result. I think that it is outstanding that instead of just putting up a wall of text saying like hey we lost footage there was a tribe swap here are the new tribes we had a challenge this tribe won which is the easy way to do it and then just combine it tack on that tribal council and then throw that onto the new episode i love that he did this instead i think it is fantastic not only is it a unique choice which we've seen through the season that casey loves to make these unique choices to make surviving bloomington its own thing i love that he's not trying to be a cbs clone um i love that we're trying these new things to make bloomington surviving bloomington its own show and i 
I'm just blown away by by the work that was put into this, the result, the rhyming scheme that happened. Um, and to anyone who has anything negative to say about this editing choice, I will fight you because I am super defensive over this. Would you rather get nothing or would you rather get all of this work put into it for this fantastic result? I'm only jealous that I don't have a Casey drawing of myself. Same. <laughs> I'm in the same boat as Steven. I saw that and I was like, dude, like, where's mine? <laughs> yeah, it's pretty cool. So, Jordan, what you need to do is say, like, you know, what my season's missing is kind of like, you know, the DVD cover that CBS used to do with, like, the pictures, yes. the winners. Mm -hmm. You need to ask, like, I need a version of this for yes. my season, please. I'm As the winner, I this is, this is, I, I'm calling, this is, I'm, this is my due. Casey, you heard it here first. Yeah, Casey, get on it. <laughs> We need DVD um, covers of all the past seasons. Yes. But, you know, all I'm saying, all I can say is Casey is setting the bar super high for just games for like what you do when you have this lost content. And it's pretty phenomenal what he was able to pull off. And it just, it's a love letter in a sense. And just yeah. like how, the dedication to it all. And mind you, this is a small scale production. This man is not getting paid to do this. No. This is this is out of passion for the product. And that is so admirable to me. I I'm still I know I've said it a hundred times, but I'm just blown away. Like it's so good. Yeah. I mean, I, I think most hosts walk out walk out of these games having spent money to, to make it yeah. happen. And so like and I think that's one thing I love the community is that you have this kind of passion being poured into because all, all of these games, like it's such a huge demand for your time, like the casting process, the, the creating the challenges you're setting aside you, a whole weekend plus you're going to be as, just as busy, if not more of the, as the players, like it's exhausting. And so thank you, Casey. Yes. Yeah. Props to Casey for this. So let's get into this challenge. Um, the day that we had this challenge, I probably should have looked up the date, but the day that we had this challenge, it was Stacy Brooks' birthday. And for her birthday, she asked Casey if she could host one of the challenges. And Casey said, sure, what do you want to do? Like, what do you want the challenge to be? And uh, Stacy said, I want to do a food eating challenge. <laughs> so for this challenge, we are in our two tribes. We do a series of one-on-one -on -one face ups and face-offs. It's whoever can get down their food first and show an empty mouth gets the point for their tribe. First tribe to four points wins. Something to note is that this food challenge was all vegan. And most games don't do that. Um, and so, for instance, Melanie, it, it, our cast is vegan. It was very thrilled. It's like, I actually can participate. Uh, and that was something we haven't that other games maybe some some or at least be more aware of having kind of the vegan options to make sure that all players can participate and have that impact well and also it's easy just to be to to say like well i don't know what dietary restrictions other people have so it'll it's easier just to kind of look at all of them and do that the other thing that i think is really admirable from stacy is stacy's uh specifically has said that she would not include anything in this eating challenge that she would not herself eat but stacy's eaten like a scorpion before like or is she i mean i would have done that <laughs> i think I mean, and all i could say is like that taco seasoning cupcake was remarkably terrible <laughs> yeah I not swallow it I told my tribe before the challenge, I was like, eating challenges, not a strength for me. I am a, I am very picky with texture. 
Um, so I was really worried about having to down a weird texture for something. Mm -hmm. um, what I told my tribe was, if we can pick who eats what, put me on something spicy. Because that is easy to down, and then you can kind of deal with it afterwards. Um, so I got, I, I kind of lucked into getting a spicy, the spicy round, um, where so I could just count did it. You, did you all have to like pick an order first or was like the food presented and then you could choose like which, like who would go where? So it wasn't a predetermined order. It was kind of like, okay, who are you putting up next? And then once we decided who to put up, then the dish was revealed. And the only rule okay. was everyone had to go at least once before anyone could repeat, we didn't get to the point where anyone had to repeat because we got, you know, four points in the first five rounds, but I went second. Um, I was like, don't put me up first. Cause they're going to give something really gross to whoever goes up first and I won't win that one. Um, but yeah, so we had, I had to do ghost pepper almonds, which were actually pretty good. Like I would, I would buy those. Um, we had a cupcake made with like taco seasoning and pickle frosting. Um, that and one the, was pickle, really the pickles were in the center of the cupcake and had like a ranch dressing frosting. On top. So yeah, yeah, yeah. The taco seasoning was the real problem there. I remember that round specifically because they did not tell us what was in the cupcake. We just see a cupcake and Tyler's up there and Tyler's like, oh yeah, I can do this. This will be easy. And Brady's really worried that Tyler is going to destroy her in this round. And they bite into it and Brady turns around to her tribe and she's like, this is disgusting. And like all of us guys are over there like, Tyler, hurry, hurry, hurry. He turns around and he goes, it's so dry. <laughs> <laughs> he was like, it doesn't it's taste dry. that bad. It's just really dry. That's so gross. Um, oh, that's so gross. No, I can't do it. I can't even eat like regular food that's supposed to taste good. Yeah, so we, we had a round. Um, there were pickles, just like these big pickles. Um, what else was there? I'm trying uh, to remember. Yeah, so round one was vegan gummies. and Gummies. So now, they tasted fine. They were just large and hard to swallow. Yeah. The last round was a medley of pineapples, olives, and jalapenos you'd eat with right. your hands. But for, yeah, for that one specifically, he was like, okay, we're introducing a new rule. You're not allowed to use your hands. And... <laughs> Because for I for my round, I remember specifically, I just immediately dumped all of them off of the plate into my hand and downed them all. And so I think they were like, oh, without hands, this will be a lot harder. Yeah. Um, so, yes, we get four of the five points. Tyler loses uh, his round to Brady with the cupcake. But otherwise, we, we kind of dominated that one. Um, and then we go back to camp. <laughs> So, some insights from redemption is that we also did this challenge after y'all and um i and so it was kind of knock knockout style and so there were there are heats and then you kind of until one person was left standing uh melanie ended up winning this challenge um she knocked me out immediately on the gummies uh the the scene that i hope airs the light of day is marshawn eating the pickle marshawn with the pickle mm -hmm. I, I can't remember who's again who is against i think maybe it was was it Alex? Was it, I think maybe it was Alex and with that, but he goes against someone who says like I can't eat a pickle. I refuse to. It's not happening. Uh, and so Marshawn just lounges on the table, and just slowly eats the pickle, just like gnawing on this pickle. There we have it somewhere in our group chat. Yeah, it's it's, it's 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 remarkable. It. It's it's the best clip ever. And so if if redemption stuff ever since last day, that's the one thing the world needs to see is Marshawn winning the pickle round, e eating it. Love yes. it. Good stuff. So. 
Hospitium 3.0 ends up losing and they have to go to tribal. We go back to our camps. We have an overnight. Uh, let's kind of talk a little bit maybe about what was not shown um, camp wise. Uh, I guess we can start with Dignitas because I don't think we had a ton of relevant things happening um, at our camp. What is Casey saying? Oh, I wanted a Marshawn versus Little Matt pickle challenge because Matt was super fast at it too. That's funny. I mean, if you get them both back this coming summer, the health volunteer, like you should have a, a rematch, eat off for production, maybe. Let us know. Um, yes. So at Dignitas, we have myself, both Matts, John, and Tyler. Um, that night, we took it pretty easy. We, I remember specifically a conversation that we had. We all really bonded that night. Um, I remember us sitting around the fire and going around and all of us talking about our first kisses. So that was, that was a fun conversation. Um, strategy wise, I remember we've seen in the season up until this point that I keep saying, I want John out. I want John out. I'm scared of John. John's a big player. Me and John actually really bonded here um, at this night. So We'll see if that leads to anything in the future. I do remember little Matt being very adamant about like, I will work with whoever because I'm on the bottom. I just got massively blindsided by John and Rachel. So whatever y'all want to do. I remember not getting a good read off of daddy Matt, but I think otherwise it was just, we socialized and we bonded and it started raining the next morning. I think you can see at Tribal, it had stopped a little a little bit, but it started raining that morning. So a lot of that night was us sitting around the fire, and the next morning was us either in our tent or under the tarp, just like in close quarters, just talking about life and what had gone on in the game and what was maybe to come. But I don't recall anything super relevant happening from my perspective. Um, I do think that if we had to go to tribal based on talking with the other four over the last day or so, that this would have been a hot mess tribal. Um, for me, I would have wanted John out. Obviously, Tyler at this point is my closest ally on the tribe. But Tyler and John are brothers. So it's like if I go to Tyler pitching John, is Tyler going to go tell John? Obviously, that vote would probably not go through. Little Matt is fine with getting John out. John is targeting Little Matt. Daddy Matt's in the middle of not, we have no idea where he's at. It would have been a hot mess vote, to put it lightly. Mm -hmm. Jordan, question for you. When you are in a situation where you swap or you merge, you have kind of that night, the rest of the night off. Like, what, do you, what are your goals during that time? Are you playing hard? Or are you kind of taking it more easy? I think it really depends on what's going on um during our swap um i was like the night before we were voting the next morning i was like up adam's ass i mean i was like living next to adam because i knew he was kind of like running that red tribe and i was like i mean it would have been so easy for me to go at that point so i was trying to kind of identify like who will be the decision maker. And then based on that, like, how is it best to approach them? So I was like, I need to stick by like Adam and Rosie and like really win them over. And I have like eight hours to do that. Um, I think that there are other times where when it's like really, really chaotic and you know that you have a full overnight, it's best to just remove yourself from that situation. Let people like talk, 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 let a million plans be thrown around and really like, 
out of sight, out of mind, kind of. It just, mm. it really kind of depends. But um, I think that's something that I did differently last summer is when things would be chaotic, instead of jumping in the middle of it, I would actually just remove myself completely. Um, and then the next morning after like trying to get somewhat of a full night of sleep, then I would like start to have those conversations. But yeah, it's almost like if people don't see you and if you're not like constantly talking with people, they kind of like just forget that you're there. Um, so you can fade into the shadows a bit. I think that might have happened a little bit this round for my tribe with Daddy Matt. Now, mind you, we weren't throwing around a bunch of plans or anything because um, we didn't have to worry about that. But there were definitely conversations being had. My focus was to try and talk to both of the mats separately to gauge where they were. Because in my head, I want John out. Tyler's a close ally. So I need to work on these other two. In finding out about John and Rachel blindsiding Little Matt, I really clicked with him on that. Like, okay, I have someone who has a common plan, at least with me, to maybe look at John. And then with Daddy Matt, just trying to figure out, like, what happened with the Marshawn vote? Where is this group that he was on sitting if they were to have to go again? So it was just a lot of socializing, honestly. A very strong night of social game for, for everyone, like, I mean, I'm sure I was left out of conversations that happened involving strategy, but from my perspective, it was just a lot of social gaming happening. Um, right. So the other tribe, however. <laughs> oh, yeah. Okay. That makes sense. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. I like I that. Mean, I love that Matt's picture is his animated version. Of yes. They're so Yeah. Good. I mean, Matt. From my perspective, I was like, okay, as soon as he said John had blindsided him, I was in with you because I was like, okay, this is a common enemy against John, who I was perceiving at this point to be a big threat to me. Um, so that's where that was. And then with Daddy Matt, it was kind of like, I don't really know what I'm getting here. I could not read him. But let's talk about this other tribe. Um, I have done some detective work. And I have spoken with each of the five that were on this other tribe um, and what happened at camp? What did we miss? What was, what was in this lost footage? So I've kind of put everyone's stories together and everybody kind of seems to be on the same page, which is good. That makes our lives easier. So they get back to camp after this loss, they agree not to talk strategy that night. Um, they agree to take it easy, to bond with each other, to do work around camp, to set up for this incoming rain. They do that from everyone's perspective. There were no strategic conversations had that night. The only thing that did happen is Brady announces to everyone when they get back to camp, Brady announces, I have six keys. I'm playing them. There's no point in you guys voting for me. Because at this challenge, so Brady has three keys. Brady, Tyler, and I huddle up after this, uh, before this swap and we're like, or at the swap, and we're like, hey, whichever side loses this, we need to all pass our keys to a person on that side. They lose. Tyler and I each pass a key to Brady. So at the challenge, after the challenge. So Brady has five keys. She tells everyone she has six keys. Mackenzie is annoyed by this and goes through Brady's bag. <laughs> so Mackenzie goes through Brady's bag, sees that she only has four or five keys. So Mackenzie's a little bit weary of Brady. Um, the next morning, everybody wakes up, scrambling starts. The main name on everybody's tongue is Brady. Everybody's looking to vote Brady. Mackenzie's the only one that knows that Brady only has four or five keys. Um, Brady's claiming she has six. 
it seems like Rachel's the backup name because um, Mackenzie, Danny, and Kim are all three sticking tight. From what I was told by everyone, it was going to be the four of them, Rachel, Mackenzie, Danny, Rachel, Mackenzie, Danny, Kim, all voting Brady. Brady was 100% playing her five keys, which means she's probably safe. If her keys don't go off, Brady's out. If her keys go off, that's a four to zero vote because if you play keys, you can't vote. Mm-hmm. Right. So Brady plays her keys. It's a it's a zero vote tribal. The other four then have to re-vote. And the plan then was to put the votes on Rachel, and Rachel would have gone out in a three to one re-vote. There's with no Brady way. playing her keys. There's no way Rachel would have been complicit with that plan, though. Right. No well, way. no, Rachel, Rachel was not complicit. Rachel thought that from Rachel's perspective. Rachel didn't know Brady had these keys, first of all. Um, Rachel thought that Brady was lying about having keys. Mackenzie's the only one for sure who knows how many keys Brady has. And they were trying to convince Brady not to play them, but Brady was going to play them. Um, Rachel, there was a like a side plan that original chaos was going to come together and vote out Mackenzie. So on that revote, Rachel votes Mackenzie. The other three of Mackenzie, Kim, and Danny vote Rachel, and Rachel goes out on a three-to-one revote with Brady having yeah, to her keys. So either Rachel goes out there, which is the most likely, or if Brady's keys don't work with that five out of six shot, Brady goes out. Um, so that's that's a what-if situation. But what happens is amidst all these plans and this chaos and the keys and going through bags – Kim gets very overwhelmed. And at some point, Kim pulls everyone in before tribal, um, like right before tribal, and is like, hey, everyone, this is what's on my mind. I am just not comfortable taking away this opportunity from any of the four of you. From every, every single person of these five told me that Kim's name was never brought up as a vote option. Kim's name was the only one not thrown out. Mm-hmm. Kim was in the power position, which was very stressful for her. She did not want to take away this opportunity from any of the other four. She was like, I'm okay stepping down so that the four of you have this opportunity to move forward because I don't want to take away this opportunity from you. And that is where we jump to tribal. And uh, Stephen, talk us through tribal. That's the hardest part of the episode, right? But I just talked through everything else, so I'm going to be quiet for a minute. I mean, I, I, before we go, that Jordan, like, is any thoughts about the strategy that um, Drew is outlining there? Any, any, any insight? Hmm. Um, I don't think so. I think that, like, going down the whole of hypothetical possibilities is mm-hmm. always interesting. Um, yeah. Yeah, it's interesting to see, like an idea of where people's heads were behind the scenes a little bit. Um, I will also say one thing that I missed. So Steven was telling us about on Redemption Island, Melanie wins the eating challenge for that. Mm -hmm. She gets a key and it is sent to Kim. Kim Mm -hmm. is given that key from Melanie pre tribal and at tribal council. We don't see it in the episode, but at tribal Kim gives Mackenzie that key. Gotcha. Yeah, I think that makes sense. I think it speaks to, I mean, Kim's relationships in the game, right? Like, no one's saying her name. Um, She just earns a key from a prior relationship that she had formed. Um, 
And it's one of those things where sometimes like your greatest strength can also lead to like a game weakness, right? Um, if that's the way that um, gamers want to interpret that. But um, yeah, I think that stuff like this is what makes this game so interesting because there aren't any right or wrong answers whatsoever. It's like a microcosm of reality, right? Um, some people are able to um, very much so like compartmentalize and just view it as like strictly this is a game, but then other people view it as like, I'm not going to be able to like rest my head on my pillow tonight because of the decisions that I made. And that really impacts me. Right. Um, so I think it's, I think it's super interesting. Um, I'm not surprised that this is the choice that Kim made and I'm very proud to call her a friend. One other question for you, Jordan. Um, Brady bluffs that she has six shots in the dark when in reality she has only five at this point. And to my recollection, I don't recall anyone doing that strategy in your season. Um, yeah, I don't either. I think, well, maybe Adam. Adam's always bluffing constantly. Adam, so it's Adam hard is to just the target at that point. <laughs> He's he was just, just a target. gamer. Um, yeah, I think... I don't know if for me personally, I would ever feel comfortable making a statement to like an entire group of people, whether that's like 10 people or like four other people. Um, I think for the way that I communicate with people, I would rather like say the same thing, but just to like one or two people at a time. Cause mm -hmm. I think anytime you like make a statement to an entire group, then you're just like asking that group to, try to talk together without you to decipher if you're telling the truth or not um so i don't know that's interesting they're already like quite small groups so maybe that's that's why but um yeah it's nice to know that that background knowledge of how that kind of went down yeah it's kind of like on we see seasons where there's an obvious majority or an obvious boot and that one person who it's like okay obviously this person's going to be voted out next says they have an idol and whether they say it to one person or to everyone, it's like, well, now we have to come up with a backup strategy. We have to figure out, are we going to split votes? Are we going to just vote for you? And whoever you vote for is who goes. There's a lot of, do we cannibalize ourselves? So you right. can just waste your idol. Like there's a whole lot of strategy. And right. I think, I think Brady, from my understanding, Brady announced this publicly saying, Hey, I have six keys. Some people were like, do you actually have six keys? And some people were just like, oh, okay, Brady has six keys. Um, in, in talking with McKenzie, McKenzie was like, I don't believe you. Like, I straight up don't believe you. And went through Brady's bag and did not see keys, but saw like the little pouches, saw like four of the pouches and assumed like, oh, Brady's exaggerating. She actually only has four, maybe five keys. Yes. Quite a bit. This is also the tragedy of women's fashion because I kept my keys in my pockets all the time. Like, there's no way you could find anything by going through my bag. I think mine stayed in my shoes. <laughs> Wait, what right. did Kim say? I'm going to grab Mackenzie's hand. All right. Wow. When I grab Mackenzie's hand, that's when I give her her key in the, in the episode. I think Brady told us even before we got back to camp and we were still at the challenge. Wow, yeah. so Brady told him fast that. So, and, well, and, and Kim, Kim saw me hand off my key to Brady at the challenge. The challenge ends and me and Tyler are like, okay, we have to figure out how to get our keys over to Brady. I wanted, I told Brady to tell her tribe to throw this challenge because <laughs> I was like, let's just, me and Tyler give Brady our keys. Brady can save herself and it doesn't matter who of the other four goes. Um, but anyways, 
Tyler and I, after the challenge, are like, oh, let's, you know, let's hug people. And when we're hugging Brady, Tyler gives his key to Brady. I give my key to Brady. Kim is staring directly at me and Brady when I'm passing off the key. So Kim knew I passed off at least one key. But that's a pretty good strategy. Let's all hug hug it out because one of us is going home and use up the passing around. So that good for Brady for not, I guess, having to play keys with Kim stepping down. That's a good, good episode for Brady. Uh, Brady also gets the episode title at tribal uh, telling Kim that she wishes there were more people like her, which is, I love that. I love it. Yeah. Now I'll talk about tribal. Yeah. <laughs> so tribal council, um, the focus is on Kim. Kim tells Casey and us, the audience, you know, what's going through her mind. And this is where I'm not going to try to parrot what she says. I'm just going to read. Um, I'm just going to read what she said. Um, this is kind of midway, midway end. Is my role my... In, in, it's my role in my work as a social worker to uplift and elevate the voices who have less opportunities historically because of racism, transphobia, etc. Um, we had before this tribal, it was so chaotic and so many names were being said and my name wasn't being said. That made me uncomfortable and my privilege in that. I hate it. It's just, I don't want to uphold these systems that I've been trying to break down. I don't want to do it in my life or in this game. I don't want the connections I build because of my access I'm bringing and use it to my advantage in a way that takes these opportunities from other people. Um, and so Kim gives a really beautiful, passionate speech about, you know, where is she at in the game and her, her discomfort with the game in that moment and the, and the desire to not use it to knock a different player out. And we, we hear Danny and Brady both, both respond to these comments as well in a very affirmatively and positive way. Yeah, it it's it's rough because everyone's crying. Yeah, everyone's crying. Kim is in this position where she's in a small, not only a small group, but also a small group made up of women and non-binary people, and she is in the power position, and she is the one who's having to be the decider for this specific round on which of these other people do I knock out? And it's a lot. It's, it's stressful. Kim has never played any of these games before. It's, it's a tough position, especially when in your day to day life, these are the people that you are fighting for. And it's clear that Kim was also still, still dealing with the emotional, repercussions i guess i don't really know a better word from the marshawn vote because she and marshawn were so close and i do remember one of the specific things that kim told me when we were on the original chaos together was i do not want to vote out a person of color at the first vote that's just something that i don't want to do and her first vote the first time she had to vote was the marshawn vote so dealing with that being in this new power position on this new tribe I understand the difficulty emotionally uh, for her. I don't know. Jordan, what were your thoughts on this? 100% agree with everything that y'all are saying. Um, you know, it's it's always said that Survivor is like the microcosm of reality, right? Um, and there's like data that shows that like women 
are voted out first. Um, you know, people of color voted out first. I mean, it's, it's not something that you can deny. Right. So then being a part of a game where you see those things start to replicate really provokes that like cognitive dissonance where you're like, Ooh, like I know mm -hmm. what my values are. I know what's, what's important to me. And right now my actions aren't aligning with that and it, it doesn't feel good. Right. And then you have to make a decision about what you're going to do. Um, right. And there are so many different things that impact that decision, whether you're viewing the game as like uh, very personal to you and your values, or whether you are viewing it as um, I want to respect the game and I don't want to quit. Right. There are all these different like viewpoints of um, that you have to take when you make that decision. And it's, it's never an easy one. Uh, but I think that's why like, survivor or like reality tv in general is so great i think that people that watch reality tv are the smartest people because it's the most <laughs> fun. it's the most fun to like watch and analyze and like think like what would i do in that situation right? here we are here we are like i mean it's it's entertaining and it makes you cry and it makes you laugh um and it's just it's a beautiful thing Right. And it, I think also it says a lot about Kim that Kim is not looking at this game. Like Kim's not looking at other players as pieces. Kim is looking at these other players as friends. And people, people perceive these games in different ways. You know, some people go in and they take the game as a game and it's impersonal to them. They can go in like very much the definition of I'm not here to make friends. Um and that's okay. And then some people like Kim come in and they make these personal bonds and they cannot separate emotion from game. And that's totally okay. These are the opposite sides of how people's brains work and how people's hearts work. And my favorite thing about Kim from this episode is that she was not willing to let her personal morals go for the sake of a game right yep and that's who kim is as a person yeah um it's not unique to this game that's how kim shows up in everyday life um and i'll say it again i'm proud to have her as a friend i'm so happy that she decided to play last summer um and i hope it gives you know people the opportunity to like witness that kind of empathy um I thought it was it was really beautiful. And I think also kind of like thinking about the editing, um, because the first part of the episode was like kind of the the drawings and like the cartoon aspect of that. I think it kind of the duality of that next to that like emotional tribal council was like pretty nice actually. I think it helped with um the emotional aspect of tribal council not getting lost in like a bunch of other footage of people talking if that makes sense yeah mm -hmm. i think another thing that's interesting to watch with this season of surviving bloomington in particular is the duality of characters versus gameplay because there are some episodes like specifically uh last episode where steven was voted out we get a lot of gameplay 
um, with the Seth vote and with the Steven vote, it's all gameplay and people are focused on the game. And I'm sure that the people who are watching who watch for the strategy loved that episode. And then we do a complete pivot to this episode where we see essentially no gameplay. There's no strategy shown. We get these character moments where we really get to know who Kim is as a person. And I love that this season is giving us both aspects and something for every everyone to enjoy. We're not seeing game bots episode after episode. Um, we're not seeing, you know, lack of strategy every episode after episode. And I, I just think that it's so beautiful that Casey was able to assemble a cast full of gamers and characters. And we get these personal moments where we get an intimate look into who this person really is. I mean, we get that with Jamie earlier in the season. We we dive a little bit into John. We dive a little mm -hmm. bit into Tyler. Uh, I I just love that we're getting to know who these people are. I agree. Steven, you haven't talked for a minute. <laughs> no, I'm good. <laughs> um, so ultimately, sorry, go ahead. I knew my shoes needed duct tape. Oh, yeah. this season. Um. So yes, ultimately, Kim steps down and says, I'm okay with going out here. I don't want to take away this opportunity from one of the four of you. This is not a quit, and I stand by that. Kim is still in the game. She is on Redemption Island. She did not quit. Um, she can still re-enter the game. So we have that to look forward to um, whenever Redemption were to happen. At the final five, yeah, there, there's a lot of there's a lot of sadness uh, when we saw Kim enter that next morning. You know, you know, the, we had some speculation that like you know maybe there's another swap, um, and there, a lot of people were very high and very positive on Kim and wanting to Kim go far. And part of that was due that Kim was one of the last two Bloomington natives standing. It was her and Little Mac, and so people were really, really like pulling for her. So having her arrive was gut wrenching. Anything else to discuss about this specific episode? Man, taking being in tribes when there's nine people left is always brutal. Uh, I've done one other game that did it, and it doesn't make it any easier. And again, we don't know if there's no next time, so we don't we don't know whether the whether the merge is coming or not, whether people need to ride it out for these tribes any longer. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I'm sad I missed all of this being there in person. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like I wasn't that late, but I feel like so much has happened that I didn't get to see. So at least and, we have the episodes. I know. And I'll say it again, like Casey's doing such a great job. Um, it's so special to be able to watch it. And um, yeah, that was such a gift that I really enjoyed. And I know that you guys are all loving it as well. Yeah. So thank you again, Casey. Mm -hmm. Okay, let's jump into some logistics. So every week we discuss our favorite quotes or moments from the episode, as well as give out some points for players of the week. This one is a little bit harder than normal for understandable reasons. We didn't get any confessionals this episode. We have very limited actual um, discussion from players, but I still have I still have a moment or I guess a quote that sticks out to me. And it was actually one that wasn't shown. It's when we're standing in our new swap tribes and we're looking at each other and we're all kind of silent, like, oof, these are weird tribe divisions. And Danny goes, oh, it's mask versus femme. 
<laughs> that for me, that was my favorite moment of this round. Um, obviously, I love everything that Kim discussed at Tribal, um, but I like going for the less obvious moments. And I also just assume that one of you would pick Kim's Tribal speech. So that's my moment of the episode. Yeah. Jordan, do you want to go next or do you want me to go? Um, I don't know if I have a direct quote, so I think that you can go. Well, I guess first place was the quote I read that Kim said earlier. Um, that's, I think, is the quote of the episode for me. Uh, the second quote is actually something KC wrote in one of his limericks. I don't know, it just, it just stood out to me. Brady, a leader with fire in her eyes. I'm like, man, I wish someone would write cool limericks about me like that. <laughs> <laughs> so talented, I swear. <laughs> Yeah, I don't know if I have like a favorite quote. I do. I just think that there are things that are just like interesting um, about humans. And I just yeah. thought it was interesting, like during that very emotional moment at Tribal. And, um, you know, there's like crying going on and like some talking but then like you cut over to Rachel and Rachel is just like very quiet and like has her hood up um you know and then you get like some comments from Danny some comments from Brady but I don't know I just think those are like one of those moments that I'm like humans are so interesting of how like how they show up in moments like that like I know um in moments where there's like emotion or like conflict like my partner is more like Rachel, like kind of quiet. Like I want to just like take it all in and like wait until I do or say something. And I'm much more like talkative. So I just thought that was like an interesting moment of like seeing how humans show up in those moments of like emotion or conflict or et cetera. I thought that was cool that it like kind of panned over to Rachel who was like, I'm just going to sit back here and just like take it all in for a minute. Rachel made a good meme of that moment. She did. Yeah. Rachel in our group chat, she did. Um, yeah, I think that's interesting. I think also this specific tribal happened, you know, we're at the beginning of day three. We have just gone through two tribe swaps. Everyone's had to vote. We, like I said, we had this triple followed by this double tribal it started raining like every possible thing that could be getting to you mentally is like compiling at this moment leading up to this tribal. Right. So I, I, I agree with you. It was very interesting to watch how different people react and how, how people function as humans. And it's only morning of day three. Right. <laughs> and everything is worse whenever your socks are wet. I don't care who Amen. you are. Like if it's raining, it is just a miserable time. Yes. Um, let's get into some player of the week points. I know for a fact that we all have very different ways of determining how our points are going to be distributed this week. Mm -hmm. um, I'm more than happy to go first. I'll go with my third place. Um, I'm between two people. Uh, Mackenzie's my honorable mention this week because she got an extra key. She probably wasn't going to get voted out anyway. But I'm going to give my one point to Kim. Um, even though she did choose to step down and leave the game, I think that the way she went about it, she was true to herself. She's a lovely person. Everyone everyone loves Kim. I loved everything that she had to say. And 
typically I'm, I'm not a person who would give points to someone who was eliminated in the round. Um, and Steven knows this very well, but I can't ignore Kim's impact on not only this round, but the whole game and the people around her and the surviving Bloomington community. So my one point this week goes to Kim. My one point this week goes to Brady. Uh, Brady ate and won the round with that absolutely nasty cupcake uh, that I cannot even eat. Nor could Tyler, actually. So definitely like showing up and winning the point that round for her team, especially on with, I think it's aggressive strategy, but I think it was strategy that worked with declaring that she has six keys. Now, the problem with this like iteration, so this is gonna this may haunt her down the road because now everyone knows, oh, Brady has six keys or everyone thinks that Brady may have six keys. And we'll see what comes. But I think getting the key from you and Tyler, who knows if she'll give the back, but she at least has five keys right now. That's a meaningful one around. That may make a huge difference down the road. Jordan, who's your third place player of the week? I think... Hmm. It's okay. You can give it to me. <laughs> well, actually, that's I was debating between... Because um, you said that you and Tyler both gave your keys to Brady, right? We did. Like, yeah, we... So the three of us, when we, when we found out it was going to be a swap, uh, the three of us kind of huddled up real quick and we're like, okay, we're separated. If the guy's team loses, Brady, give up, give one of us your keys. We'll figure out how to use them for an extra right. vote or whatever. Brady, if your tribe loses, Tyler and I will each give you the one key that we have. Right. So I don't know if I can do a split. Like, can I say you and Tyler? I think that's like a We've allowed it before. So Okay, yeah. Yeah. I think that that's I think that's a good move. Like keeping that in mind for the future, right? making sure that like one of your close allies stays in the game. Sure. Um, my second place this week is going to be maybe unexpected, but I'm going to go with little Matt because he won his round in the challenge. He also managed to make it out of a swap where he was probably the next boot. If they, if their tribe had to go to tribal again, um, he survived long enough to make it to another swap where he's put on a winning tribe. So I think that even though he may not have had a super active part in this round, his trajectory has significantly improved from where he was last round to where he is in this current, uh, this current round, this past episode. So, and he won his part of the challenge. So I'm going to go with two points to little Matt. So this is where Drew hates me. I'm going to give two points to KC. I'm giving two points to the KC for making this episode what it is. You know, I think uh, we already talked about a lot of ways this could have simply been a tribal council tacked on at a different episode or just a little explanation saying, sorry, y'all, this is what we have. Or Casey comes on and says, here's what happened during this round. We got so much more than we expected or deserved. And so this was a fantastic way to kind of re uh, relive these key moments. And I thought, again, with I thought it was a very well done with how it handles um, Kim's ex exit to redemption. So uh, if you push me, I'll give a real two points, uh, Drew, but this will be, this will be the two points right now to Casey. Your, your two points to Casey makes up for Jordan splitting the points. Ah, there we go. See, Jordan, I got your back. I Perfect. will say I was not expecting to have to add another row to my table, <laughs> my spreadsheet, but <laughs> I think that it's very valid. I think Casey absolutely nailed it. I could go on and on, but at this point I would be repeating myself. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I think I'll do um, my 
two points. Mm, gosh, I'm split here again. Um, I think I'm going to have to do Brady um, for winning her part of the challenge, right? What was the food that time? The That was the cupcake. Oh, yeah. So, yeah. So similar to what you said, Stephen, for winning, um, for trying to come through with that strategy of like, hey, I have all these keys, so you're going to have to go somewhere else. Um, so playing that strategy, but then coming through with like the beautiful exchange at the end. Um, two for Brady. Yep. And my three points are going to Brady. Um, she has five keys on a tribe that she would have been the vote from every single person's perspective, including her own. She 100% would have been the vote. She has the loyalty from me and Tyler to get a key from each of us. She won her round of the challenge. She probably could have ended up sniping out, if not Rachel, which it seems like is where it was heading. If not Rachel, another powerhouse of either, it seems like it would have been Mackenzie or Danny would have been the other one, if not Rachel. Um, all three powerhouses in the game. Um, great week for Brady. With Kim stepping down, Brady has managed to make it through this round where she was an obvious vote while also maintaining five keys. Um, mm -hmm. So for me, Brady is is the top of, top tier this week. Three points to me to Kim. Um, yep. You know, in a world where Kim doesn't ask her tribe to vote for her, Kim is in the power position. Uh, Kim has a lot of sway over how and where the vote is going. And Kim, I think, is very well set up in the next step of the game with having Mackenzie and Danny, and that maybe pulls in John, et cetera, John and Rachel. I, I think Kim has a lot of options and flexibility with her game. If she is able to win her back with a redemption, I see her being a force majeure. And at the very least, everyone at Redemption was very, very excited and hopeful for Kim until she joined us. <laughs> Yeah, of course, my three are for Kim also. Um, that's my girl. She's a badass. Um, and she's sweet as hell. And I am proud of her for going out on her own terms, how she wanted to. Um, yeah, it's a, a beautiful part of the game that we all love to play. So, um, one two, The two shout-outs for me, um, again, Mackenzie, we've kind of talked about it, uh, really worked her way to being a top alley for Kim to the point Kim gave a key to her. I think that's a, that's a, it's a really important moment. And then, um, you know, Danny is just, I think very well situated and, and, and like Kim going home, I can see being, is a real negative for, for Danny's game, unfortunately, but I think Danny has been playing really well and making the most of what's been available to them. Yeah. I think Danny is set up. I mean, we're at nine people. Uh, if we were to go into a merge right now with these nine people, Danny has not only Mackenzie um, and potentially Daddy Matt from that last swap. Danny also has me and Brady from this original chaos with us three. Danny potentially has Rachel, who's now on a tribe with them. And then Mackenzie's reach over into like the John, Daddy Matt, potentially Little Matt. That's a weird situation there. Side of things. Danny is. In my opinion, Danny is the most middling person right now. Yep. It's a beautiful place to be. We'll see. So 
Logistics wise, is this? Do we move the predictions next year, or is there anything? Left? Yeah, let's talk about some predictions. I mean, Jordan, you know what happens this season. <laughs> so, so I don't, so, I don't I remember was, much. Okay, so <laughs> if you were to make people suffer, Jordan, what what is your ideal merge size? If you really want to make people suffer, like how small would you make the merge? You know what? I much prefer smaller groups. Thank um, you. If I'm working in a group of like of nine that's way too much for me there's there are way too many side conversations it's way too much to keep track of like a group of like six people is like i love that that's my favorite like four to six i'm good if you get like seven to nine that's just like too many people so i don't know i mean i feel like by the time i got there this past summer you guys were like already merged right so i don't know i don't yeah. know I don't know what at what point that happened, but I mean, surely that's got to be happening soon. How many so it sounds like your ideal merge is six people. So we let a tribe get a little down at worst one player, merge the five and one together, and that, there we go. Love it. That would be perfect. Yeah. What's your Ideally, ideal I wouldn't be that one person, but yeah. What's your ideal jury size? You know what? I honestly, that's like a factor of the game that I have never really thought about that much. Like I've thought about jury management, but I've never really thought about size of jury. See, I'm know. kind of like, I like, I've always been a fan of small merges. Uh, I like long pre-merges because I like the dynamic of group versus group and the groups not being able to interact with each other. And I'm also a big fan of swap dynamics because I feel like swap is where a lot of interesting things can happen. But I'm also a fan of larger juries because I think the more people you can give the ability to determine a winner, the more, I guess, like accurate that winner is. That's fair. So for me, I'm like, for me, I'm like merge at like seven or eight. Like I'm like merge at seven or eight, but start the jury at like 13 to have a final three with a 10 person jury. Um but as far as we are aware, jury has not been started yet. And we are at final nine out of an 18-person cast. Now, mind you, at some point, someone has to come back from Redemption Island. So, theoretically, we're at a final 10. Like, it's a final nine plus eventually a Redemption Island person. So, we could be heading into a merge. So, this is where I'm a hypocrite. I Again, I love... The split into small tribes when i'm watching tv when i'm watching games unfold i love having those small tribes and really pushing the player dynamics really seeing like you know where are your alliances where do you move uh but when i play a game i much prefer a large merge with large tribes therefore that gets me to the merge faster <laughs> and so I, I like watching one thing but i like experiencing something very different yeah yeah for me i would like to be able to like sit like at the fire and look around and see like where everyone on my tribe is it like makes me way more paranoid and like sketched out if there are like multiple groups of people going off and i can't like control all of it that just gives me way too much paranoia so there is one other aspect um that i want to talk about that i think maybe sometimes people underestimate in in these live games rain not to spoil too much, but we have rain coming in. Um, we There's some rain before this tribal. It pauses long enough for tribal, but spoiler alert, it rains that day. Whoa, 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 whoa. Drew, you all have tents. 
they were not waterproof tents. <laughs> um, we, I remember when it started raining that morning, I know we had on Dignitas, we had two tarps. One of them was up above the fire so we could try to keep the fire covered. And the other one was uh, we moved to be on top of our tent. So the five of us stood in the tent, like holding the ceiling up to angle the tarp a certain way. Wait, um, I remember this now. Yeah, so I, I just wanted to throw out there, how does rain, because it, it does, more than you think, how does rain affect the game? Like the well, social strategy, the social and the strategy aspects of the game. So much. Um, and honestly, that's one thing that I'm kind of like in the same camp as Casey with like, the fun part, like from my perspective of like watching Survivor is not like the like survival, like misery part, because I just, I don't oh, I think it, it like, it doesn't translate well, right? Like if you've like played a game and you understand what it's like to like go without food and to be uncomfortable, then you can watch that and be like, damn, like that really sucks. Like I can like to a certain extent kind of understand, but like it doesn't really translate well over TV to like people's true experiences um, because it is miserable. Like if you are hungry, if you are tired, if you are paranoid and if your clothes are wet and you're like pruny and you're having to like poop in the woods, like it is a miserable experience. And it like, I mean, by like the second or third day, like your brain is totally cloudy and foggy and like you really can't think straight. Um, and it's really hard for other people to understand that if they've never experienced it. Right. Like. It's very hard to like try and communicate what that is like. Um, yeah, it, it I think it significantly impacts the game. Steven, you've played a live game where there was a significant amount of rain. <laughs> Tell us about that. <laughs> oh, boy. Story time. All right. Uh, so Hannah and I both played Survival Challenge 2018. Uh, and this is in Macomb, Illinois. And we know going to the game, it's going to rain and rain hard and a lot. In the opening challenge, there's four teams of six. You have to send a player out to swim through this kind of small pond to retrieve an item from a platform. You do it over and over, and that would be your opening tribe items. There were four tarps. I am the lead swimmer for the blue tribe. I swim out. I grab a tarp. Red grabs a tarp. Red grabs a tarp. Green grabs a tarp. Yellow grabs a pot. You can imagine where the story is going. Uh, Red then is able to get back there next and grab the second tarp. So we finished the challenge. Red has two tarps. Green, green, blue one. Yellow zero. We have and, and and we know rain is coming at night. We do some more challenges over the course challenge. Blue gets a second tarp and yellow ends the day with no tarps. It oh, pours no. like heck that night it, it just rains and it's miserable i've never been so cold and sad in my life i had two tarps yellow had zero you can imagine they didn't sleep uh next day we and uh, near the end of the day we have a swap as the tribe is now two red two blue two yellow two green i swap with hannah on a tribe we have two yellow players on our tribe what do you think the first thing they do is jordan when they get to our campsite i mean i would be going for something to protect myself from the rain i think right in our so we have two tarps at our new campsite the two yellow players immediately go to sleep beneath the tarp yeah the rest of us kind of look and say yeah we can vote them out and we vote them out the next day from back to back of course then i, I go out after that so maybe not the best move uh but it, it rain had a huge impact in the season not having a tarp was such a night and day experience for eight people as a result of that moment right 
even just like irritability like being tired but also like maybe like being a little more snappy with people not being like mm -hmm. able to like hone into your social game because you're just like irritable you know yeah when i played um surviving real foot uh summer before i played bloomington um the night of night night two it started sprinkling so we had to wake up at 3 a.m because we felt that it was raining to sort of reorient how our shelter was set up and we didn't really sleep much the rest of the night because of the rain i am a person who i can deal with the weather elements fine for the most part but for me if i do not get sleep i become just the worst person to be around Same. i get super snappy super impatient with people um and you see that in real foot in my season that's why they voted me out um <laughs> because i was just so impatient with my tribe because i was not getting any sleep so um it affects sleep it affects you know, if it's if it's pouring down and people are trying to stay dry, it affects the social area, like where strategy mm -hmm. is happening. So definitely some things to potentially look at going into this next episode. <laughs> Stephen, what are we giggling about? Oh, I, I'm excited for next episode. <laughs> yeah, next episode will uh, be something, I'm sure, with the rain. Uh, but Jordan, without spoiling too much of what you know, what can the viewers look forward to seeing throughout the rest of this season of Surviving Bloomington? Um, I think that there are like still some surprises that haven't um, been revealed yet. Like some little twists, maybe. I'm trying to think like what I remember. Um, but I think that, like, you can tell just from these episodes so far that it's, like, such an engaging and, like, fun cast. Um, I think that y'all brought the drama for sure. Um, the entertainment. It's just, yeah. So I think lots of fun to be had. I know that there are, like, a couple of things that that happen still that you're like, oh, I, like, was not expecting that. Um, yeah. So I look forward to seeing seeing what was captured on film. Y'all thought Banana Gate was fun? Just wait till I steal everyone's tarps in the middle of the round board. <laughs> and, and eat them? Yeah. Uh -huh. yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah, I am looking forward to see what is coming up. I mean, we have half the cast on Redemption Island now, and knowing being in the game and knowing like half of the cast is not here, and one of them, it could be any of the nine of them coming back, is wild. Um, so... Hopefully we'll get to see, get a peek into redemption soon. Uh, Steven, anything else before we kind of close out here? Uh, you know, it was a surprisingly good time at redemption. Um, you know, definitely one of the moments I've, one of my favorite moments of the game is watching the sunset with Marshawn and, oh. being, and being, and being able to kind of get to meet some of the players I hadn't been able to meet and um, realizing like, oh, you know, Nelly and I get, get along great. I shouldn't have voted her out. That was a bad decision. <laughs> and just things like that. Well, Steven, yeah. if it makes you feel any better, my mom is definitely rooting for you to be the one to come back. <laughs> from the Thank you. <laughs> she loves her accountants. So. I was cracking up at that podcast, by the way. <laughs> yeah, my mom, she's like, hey, well, he's an accountant. I have to root for him. I'm like, hello, hello. I'm right here. I've given my mom two shout outs on this season. So yeah. Far. 
And you I didn't know nothing. accountants are like this. If you ever play a game with two accountants, you got to watch out. They'll be, oh, yeah. a, they'll be a duo, you know? But with I that, also, I... you got to highlight um, Kim's comment first, though. <laughs> it's pretty funny. Drew uh, So what we'll, your nickname will be next episode, Drew, when you when you start consuming the, the tarp on camera. <laughs> We'll see. We'll see what happens next episode first. Um, with that being said, I think we are ready to wrap it up. Thank you everyone so much for watching, whether you're watching live or watching later. We really appreciate you tuning in to Live Reality Games. Don't forget to follow Live Reality Games on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram. Uh, lots of coverage going on for lots of different games right now. I know a lot of games are casting. Oh, perfect timing, Stephen. Um, lots of games are casting right now. Follow uh, LRG Casting on Instagram and Facebook. Melanie runs that Instagram account. So if you have any questions about any games, reach out to uh, the LRG Casting Facebook or Instagram page. If you use Instagram, you'll get Melanie. Um, she's very knowledgeable on all of these live games. Also, don't forget to subscribe to and follow Surviving Bloomington on Facebook, YouTube, Instagram, uh, lots of fun content from them. Uh, don't forget to hype up Surviving Bloomington in the comments. Like and subscribe on YouTube. Uh, but with that, we will see you next week with another new episode. Thank you so much, Jordan. See y'all. All right. Bye, everyone.